Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. Good morning. Uh, we've got uh, Ian Boyd and Jerry Hamilton alongside me uh, of InsideTexas.com. Uh, welcome uh, to this edition. What we're going to do today is talk about the depth chart. Uh, University of Texas is in uh, full swing right now, clearly, uh, with what they're trying to do on the depth chart. Uh, and the final decisions are being made. We expect Steve Sarkeesian and the staff to announce the depth chart on Monday. They may hold it a day on Tuesday. We're not quite sure. Uh, Sark has done it a couple different ways the last two years. Uh, but uh, let's go ahead and get into the actual data uh, behind it. Uh, Jerry and Ian, uh, first off, Quinn Ewers expected to be number one right now. Now, right now, uh, Arch uh, Malik Murphy expected to be number two. Uh, what are your thoughts on this depth chart uh, at quarterback right now? Well, that, that makes sense to me. I mean, look, I, I think from a um, – no matter if Malik's the number two or Arch is the number two as the season goes along, um, I think having uh, Arch number – or Malik number two right now takes away a, a lot of national talk. I mean, if Arch Manning was sitting there at number two behind Quinn Ewers, what would be the focus of the depth chart? It'd be, uh-oh, Arch Manning's already making a move. Quinn Ewers better play really well. That's not what Texas wants right now. Uh, so I think having uh, uh, Malik as the number two and Arch as the number three is very smart. And I think, you know, could it be an or situation? We'll see. I would think Malik Murphy gets the first uh, playing time after Quinn in the Rice game. Uh, Ian, you agree with Jerry on this, that it goes it goes uh, Art, uh, it goes uh, uh, Quinn, uh, then uh, Art, or then Malik, and then Arch at this time? Or do you think there might be an or between uh, Malik and Arch? Yeah, I think there might be an or. I think to Jerry's point, for political reasons, it just doesn't behoove Texas to put a spotlight on Arch emerging right now, right? It just creates all kinds of drama and storylines that are distracting to the team and really pretty irrelevant right now. Um, it might be an or. Also, also like, like I agree with Jerry, if, if they're blowing out Rice, who are they going to get on the field first? Surely Malik. That's what we think. That's what we think. Uh, they, I think they would like to redshirt Arch and wait for that battle to really play out until next year. If Quinn is hurt, yes, misses some games, then I think it's definitely an or, and then we really see what's up. But until then, um, I don't think so. I you don't think. have to poke the bear, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's how I would put it. All right, let's go to running back because I think it's pretty clear here, guys. Uh, Jonathan Brooks has won the job. Uh, he, he he had a great, in limited time, had a great uh, uh, year last year, in my opinion, a couple of long runs, an excellent reception for a touchdown where he tightrope down the sidelines in the Alamo Bowl. Uh, but you look at it, and behind him is Keelan Robinson. And then we have right now Cedric Baxter uh, slotted in at the third back. Jerry, you saw Cedric a lot. You've seen uh, Jonathan – and Keelan, you agree with this this lineup right now? Yeah, well, I think I think that's probably the way it works out in the game uh, to start the year. But I think as the season moves along, I mean, I think the number one and two running backs are already Jonathan Brooks, Brooks and Cedric Baxter. I think Keelan Robinson's role is so important and so vital to this team that he could be the second back we see in the game uh, against Rice on Saturday. But I think in terms of 
workload at running back, I think it's going to be Brooks and Cedric Baxter. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Brooks is, uh, and Baxter's really come on the last half of fall camp. The vision's carried over. We've talked about it. The eyes are now staying up on contact, which means you're going to be a better run finisher. Uh, so I think Cedric Baxter and that Sark's already mentioned him in pass pro before he played a game as a true freshman is very telling to where Cedric Baxter's headed long term. I tell you what, they they released some limited footage for, in pass pro this past week, and you could see Baxter and how much sturdier he was in yeah. pass pro than Jaden Blue, yeah. another guy that uh, has gotten some time and, and a look there. Uh, Ian, I'm going to go to you for the uh, wide receiver group. Pretty clear, the top three at this point, according to Steve Sarkeesian himself, it's worthy, uh, it's worthy Whittington, and of course the newcomer Adonai Mitchell. Uh, the people behind him in the where though is a little unique in what we're projecting. Talk a little bit about that, if you would. Yeah, it looks like Isaiah Naor is currently backing up Xavier Worthy, uh, which is kind of interesting because it seems like him and Mitchell would have like the overlapping skill sets, and that's where they would fit. But they have Casey Kane behind Adonai Mitchell. And then they have uh, Jonte Cook also backing up Xavier Worthy at the X. Um, you know, you wonder – Maybe this could indicate a number of things. It could be a way to pack on everybody that they want to play onto the depth chart. Yes. Keep everyone happy. It could be that they want to slide worthy into the slot at times. And when they do that, they want Nayor to be able to replace him outside at X. Um, It could be that uh, they want to, they just feel Nayor is a better fit in that sort of vertical Spot on the field. Could, could it be potentially, and this is a question, could it be potentially they want to look at Mitchell and Nayor on the field sometimes together? Yeah. And move worthy into the slot? Yeah. I think yeah. that's, uh, yeah. I think that's, uh, if, if they go four wides maybe at, at a point. Yeah. No doubt. No okay. doubt. Because you don't want to take Mitchell off the field in a spread set, right? Well, you want to move worthy. Worthy is your, your best move piece. So, yeah. Got it. Makes- all right, tight end JT Sanders. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know that there's really much to say there. Uh, tight end is JT Sanders. He's been the clear leader uh, all all fall camp. Uh, he was the leader last year. He returns, looking for a big year. We've talked about with him. We expect potentially fewer catches, but more yardage. Yes. Less use use in the screen game. Um, let's go down after him. Of course, obviously, Gunnar Helm has proven to be a, a solid tight end number two. We think that both Spencer Shannon. And Will Randall, the two freshmen, will likely redshirt. However, Juan Davis currently running number three. Uh, I want to go to offensive line for you, Jerry. Um, The big news coming into fall camp was whether or not DJ Campbell would take the right guard spot and earn it from Cole Hudson. That has happened. What that means now is Hudson is uh, backing up both right guard as well as center, and he's even competing for left guard role. Any other surprises really – for you along this offensive front? Look, I think Trevor Goosby is emergence as a true freshman. He may, he may be listed second at left tackle. I think, obviously, Cam Williams is the number two left tackle, right? But Cam is the back. He's the number two right tackle and left tackle, even though the depth chart may not kind of – that may not show on it. But it may. It could be a Cam Williams or Trevor Goosby. We don't know exactly how that's going to play out. But Cam Williams is the backup at both tackle spots. But Trevor Goosby – being a freshman offensive lineman that did not go through spring practice that's made some, you know, he's making a name for himself at left tackle. He took all the twos 
uh, at left tackle uh, last week when Cam Williams was uh, down uh, with some sickness. So uh, Trevor Goosby is getting a lot of reps, and he's getting some really good reviews in, in, on the 40 acres right now. At guard spot, I think left guard is going to be interesting to watch it play out this year. Neto is going to continue to push Hayden Connor. Um, DJ Campbell, not a surprise at right guard. We had, you know, we had said that. I know I'd said that at Inside Texas. That I, DJ Campbell's expected to start at right guard. That was in July. Uh, I was hearing that, and that, that was going to happen. Uh, but, look, I think the depth, I think the other interesting thing is Cole Hudson, when I was at Frisco High's senior year, said, I want to play center. You don't hear many guys that haven't played center say they want to play center. So for people saying, what, why is, is Cole going to be a, a good player at center? Cole is all in on playing center. He's kind of a Swiss Army knife. Uh, he has the right attitude about it. And I don't think there's probably – find a better sixth man on the offensive line than somebody that started 13 games as a true freshman that you can plug in in the three pl- different spots. Got it. Uh, all right. Uh, before we get going here to the de- to the defense, I do want to say uh, we've got uh, the live stream coming up later tonight. Uh, at seven o'clock with myself, Jerry, uh, Rod Babers will join us again. We're going to do that every Sunday night during football season from seven to eight may actually run a little longer. If you guys have more questions also, uh, please consider a subscription, uh, to, uh, uh, inside Texas. If you don't mind, uh, that is going on. We have a special right now, $1 for one month, 50% off actually for the year. Uh, if it's an introductory price, so you can't mix and match subscriptions and kind of play that game. Uh, but we'd love to have you at InsideTexas.com or see you later tonight and or see you later tonight on uh, the live stream uh, at 7 p.m. Let's go to defense and E, and I'm going to you first at the edge. Uh, look, Ethan Burke has earned that role. That's what we heard from Steve Sarkeesian last week. He said he is the guy out there matching him alongside Baron Sorrell, who is a lot more uh, a lot more uh, experienced. Talk Talk about those guys. I think uh, Ethan Burke is basically like uh, he can he can replicate what Ovi Agofu gave them last year, and I think he's probably an upgrade over Agofu in a number of things. Dropping it into coverage, he's going to be an upgrade over Agofu. Was didn't really look like a natural there. Um, I think pass rush he'll be better because his length. Agofu, he was so quick, but just when it came to game time, he just couldn't get untangled from people um and then run defense is the big question mark with him but every time Sarkeesian talks about him you just get the sense that Burke finds a way to get it done and he uh he gets in the position he needs to get to 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 send the ball where it needs to go you know whereas like Agufu was was quite good at that last year but in 2021 he would just get it was awful his positioning was very bad um so I think they actually may upgrade that position even though Burke is nowhere near his ceiling um, and that position is still not going to be where they want it to be down the line and where it inevitably will be with all the talented guys they're stacking in the underclassmen ranks there. And then Baron Sorrell, I think he's, you know, the best version of this Texas season features Baron Sorrell as an all big 12 guy with like nine sacks um, and one of the better defensive end players in the conference. What, what about the backups? Uh, Justice Finkley, is he the backup really at both spots, in your opinion? And then That's, Colt Vosick, Chris Ross, those guys uh, are kind of uh, uh, even uh, Billy Billy Walton, perhaps. Uh, yeah. He merge in there. I mean, in some sense, I think Anthony Hill might be sort of the backup to Burke. Um, 
it's probably not quite right because it sounds like he's going to be more of a package guy. But I think he'll replace Burke in, in particular situations. And if it goes well, maybe he's just the backup. Maybe he's the starter there by the end of the year, you know. Who knows how that plays out. And then, um, yeah, Finkley can play either. Finkley is probably if, – if someone gets hurt, then he's going to be a starter at one of those two positions when it's first and ten. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Got it, got it. All right, uh, Jerry, moving on to the interior. Uh, you and I have talked about this. Bo Davis has some tools to work with this year. Uh, oh, yeah. In my opinion. What are your thoughts on where that's going right now? Uh, for the Longhorns. Look, going into a season, Texas wants to have six defensive tackles, defensive linemen they can play in a game. They have eight with the emergence of Jare Bledsoe and Sadir Mitchell coming on and Trill Carter transferring in. Um, look, Byron Murphy's going to start at nose. Trill Carter's going to be his backup. The question is, in the Rice game, who comes in third, Aaron Bryant or Sadir Mitchell? I think they got a they got a lot of talent here, and they've got a lot of guys with different strengths. Uh, D tackle Tavondre Sweat, Alfred Collins, Dre Bledsoe coming on. Watch out for him, guys. And Vernon Broton. I, I think that's where the game has changed for Bo Davis on the interior. Is we're hearing Dre Bledsoe's name a lot out of the mouth of Steve Sarkeesian this fall camp. He is more. He's getting vertical quicker, similar to Alfred Collins. Alfred Collins has been choppy with his footwork. Bo's gotten that out of him. He's now getting vertical quicker. That's where you become a disruptive force with his type of talent and length. And I think Jare Bledsoe has real ability to get vertical quick. And, well, and with his athleticism, I think it shocks some people. I, and this this goes for Ian, too, in that discussion at defensive end. We, we, you know, we've got Alfred Collins not even starting right, right now, right? But we know that he's also getting looks at defensive end in certain sets. Yeah, he could start so, against Alabama in the three-man front very easily in that right. game. So how that all works and combines together, that this is part of Texas, in, in my opinion, guys. This is where Texas is more multiple this year than they have been. I mean, they did it a little bit with Moro Jomo last year, right, Ian? But they have a chance to actually even go beyond that this year, I think, with the, the number of people. And that carries over, guys, to the linebacker room, right? Because uh, – we just learned that Maurice Blackwell's out two to four weeks with an MCL tear. He had the uh, work done, MRI done over the weekend. His mom released that news on Facebook. You know, I'm, I'm thinking to myself that the true starters are David Benda, Ian, alongside Jalen Ford. Your thoughts on the linebacker room and really how it all melds together with the rest of the defense. It was good news that Blackwell is going to only miss two to four weeks. You 
he could have been he's he's likely to to have a, a very positive impact on the season he's a very twitchy explosive player um he was going to factor in in two spots the backup is the weak side linebacker it doesn't seem like he could quite beat out benda for the starting role but he was he was the primary backup while they teach hill to do a number of different things and then he was likely the starter at sam and then he was going to have to hold off hill at that spot hill is now the starting sam linebacker i would assume um, and that may matter as soon as next Saturday against Rice. If Rice gets into one of those bigger sets that uh, Mike Bloomgren, I think, still has in his back pocket from his Stanford days, then Hill, I mean, Hill might be the first guy on the field, one of the first guys on the field, if the if the package calls for it. Um, I by the way, I think I think one of the things with the strong side backer now is with Blackwell out. Who becomes the backup to Hill? Is it Leona LaFowle? Cross training since Jet Bush is an experienced guy behind Jalen Ford. I think that could be an interesting kind of discussion as well. Is there's got to be a backup at that position? I'm guessing it's got to be LaFowl. You know, I, I bet you that if if they go into a, a important game week with any of the starters out at the three linebacker spots, they're just gonna put Bush Jet Bush in the spot. Uh, that makes sense. Makes More. sense. He played Sam yeah. in the spring game. He can play. He played some will at cross training. Obviously, he's the primary backup. Mike. He can do it all. You know, he's going to give you steady, reliable play in any of those positions. He's not going to kill you. So yeah, now, I, I, that's, a, that's a great point, Ian. Great Terrific. point. Ian. Hey, um, uh, do you just to both you guys, Jalen Ford, a focal point of this defense? You guys think he's set for an All Big Twelve caliber year? Ian Stark. Oh, I mean, he better be right. <laughs> wasn't he surely he was big he was first team last year i think right? yes yeah yeah he was he, he came second team uh defensive player uh of the year our, our second choice behind uh obviously right. the, the defensive end from not, is he an all-american though i've seen him not be on the top three teams in all-americans i've seen him be as high as second team all-american you think that that may be a better question yeah it's tough because a lot of his uh award hype last year was based on picking off We'll have four or five passes. Four, yeah. And I don't know if that happens again. I feel like that's a little bit of a uh, – just, just come in waves, you know? Yep. That's not I, as consistent a thing. So uh, I, I, I think I Jeremiah, Trotter's, Jeremiah Trotter's got a lot of the national awards, right, for that position. For my, my thoughts on Jalen Ford is if he goes out and has 12 tackles and causes a turnover against Bama, he's yeah. set up to be an All-American. You're right. The the big game performances are probably his ticket more than the yeah. more than the dominating accounting stat like interceptions again. Because they're gonna be talking about him on college game day, headed into the Bama game. It's all gonna be right there for him. If he goes out and performs, he's gonna play his way into an all American type hey, of Jerry, Jerry, I'm gonna say, oh, go ahead, Dean. I'm sorry. Well, he's I mean, he's right in the middle of the way for how Alabama wants to win that game. That's right. All right, uh, let's go to Jerry here. And, and Jerry, I, I think that that what I want to talk about next are the the three positions: star, um, star, and the two cornerback spots. Yeah, star looks pretty set. I mean, Jade Barron is your guy as long as he gets through this kind of lingering injury that we've heard about that we've talked about. Uh, and then you have Jalen Gilbo uh, behind him, and then you have a freshman coming in that's even getting on the depth chart. We think in Jelani McDonald behind Austin Jordan. Uh, that looks set, but the only or that we put on this entire projected depth chart on either side of the ball was at the field uh, corner position between Terrence Brooks 
and Gavin Holmes, the Wake Forest transfer. Uh, Jerry, take us through those three positions, if you would. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, that, that boundary corner position, Ryan Watts, he's so good against the run. Um, he, he's got – he may be the fourth most talented corner of the group of, of Watts, Muhammad, Brooks, and Holmes. Uh, but I think his, his importance against the run can't be um, talked about enough. And then Manny Muhammad, I think that's the area that he has really maybe surpassed expectations. He was a physical guy against the run in high school. But it's totally different when you come in and you're physical against the run and a playmaker right out of the gate in the Power Five level on a team as talented as Texas. So that's what to me where he's really just raced past expectations, and that's put him in a different place and category for the Texas staff right now as a guy that's pushing uh, for a starting job this season. Um, you know, then at field, you know, one of the things that Sark has, has said is they've trained both Terrence Brooks and Manny Muhammad at boundary and field. So that speaks to those guys' versatility. Uh, but Terrence Brooks and Gavin Holmes, I think, are in a real battle um, there at the field corner. And I think Ian Boyd on our uh, Friday live stream, Ian put it best. You know, if Texas is playing a team that, you know, maybe has a jet, a burner out there, and you want to play man press, then Gavin Holmes is your guy in that scenario, right? Could you see Terrence Brooks go to boundary at some at times this year? I think that depends on how well Ryan Watts plays in coverage. I think Ryan Watts is good against the run, but if for some reason he's not good in coverage down the field, that's going to really open the door for Brooks and Muhammad to get time at, at boundary corner if Gavin Holmes, uh, it, when Texas is matched up with some really speedy guys, where Gavin Holmes is uh, the best field corner. Uh, star. Look, I think this – I mean, arguably this may be the deepest position on the Texas team, I mean, as far as one position. And that's saying something. I mean, Jade Barron, he's got a first, second-round grade from NFL scouts heading into the season. Jalen Gilbo has started, what, two or three games last year while Barron was injured, and he's come back well off of his knee injury, which caused him to miss the spring. Austin Jordan played last year, corner. Um, he's got He's got a little game experience. And then Jelani McDonald – of all the, the Texas class of 2023 that did not enroll early, we may be hearing his name the most. Uh, and that's really saying something for a guy who's never played that position before, who played safety, high school quarterback, jack of all trades throughout his high school career. That means that guy's a quick learner and a quick study, and he's answered the bell physically. So that star position has a load of talent. Um, and they can withstand injury. Now, you, Barron's the best player, but they can withstand injury and still win games there. Hey, the one thing I would say to that is Austin Jordan, he may be the Swiss Army knife of the secondary. You mentioned Cole Hudson kind of like in that regard. Yeah. Austin Jordan may be doing the same thing for the secondary and helping yeah. piece that together in case of injury or any kind of depth concerns. Uh, Ian, I'm going to you uh, for the safety look. Um there's no doubt that Jalen Catalan and Jaron Thompson are the starters. Uh, what we're hearing behind the scenes on Jalen Catalan has just been fantastic. Uh, your thoughts on the secondary room behind those two starters and how you see that really playing out in game time. Yeah, so we had uh, Michael Taft backing up Jaron Thompson to the field, which he did last year, and then Keaton Crawford backing up Jalen Catalan in the boundary. Um I would rather those be flipped, but we'll see because I think Crawford has got a little more range to play in the field than Taft. I think Taft is uh, 
if you put him out there in the boundary because of injury, I think Taff is a you don't lose that much. I mean, you might lose a lot if it's Jalen Catalan just because he's potential All-American, but I think Taft could to be a, a winning player at that position. But if you put him out in space where he can be attacked a little more, I, I I worry a little bit about that. You know, with all these really good cornerbacks, it's almost a shame that they couldn't move uh, Ryan Watts to safety where he might be in the NFL. Um, I mean, it's you, you can't really do that because he was one of the best corners in the league last year. And that's a difficult transition. And then he's not going to unseat Jaron Thompson or Jalen Catalan, but boy, one, one more guy like that would have been really nice in case of an injury. Um, I, I don't feel amazing about the depth. Well, a lot of it is young depth because Derek Williams, we've mentioned, we also got to talk about BJ Allen in that group. You know, it's, it's a Larry Turner. Gooden's not even on the depth chart that, that, that we put up there. I, you know, I think that, the question I have for that secondary guys is can they stay healthy Catalan number one, if they can, you know, how is, how is Keaton Crawford come along as a backup? We've heard positive things, but we know he's not necessarily a natural at safety. Right. And how much is that valued? Whereas Michael Taft does not have the athleticism of Keaton Crawford, but is more of a natural at safety. Right. And so, how do you to, to balance that scale? All right, uh, that's going to do it for offensive defense. I do want to say a couple things here uh, about special teams. Ryan yeah. Sanborn, punter uh, from transfer from Stanford, is supposed to be the starting punter. He has looked good in practice, according to people I talked to uh, that have really talked about his hang time being much better than Daniel Trejo's a year ago. So that's interesting. Number two, uh, Will Stone expected to handle kickoff duties that's the sophomore out of austin and then burt auburn returning as the field goal kicker at this point uh, for the longhorns other news and notes keelan robinson and keaton crawford are expected to be the gunners uh also a uh, punt returner getting looked at not only xavier worthy jonte cook also ad mitchell returning kicks the lead kick returner keelan robinson at this point so those those are your leaders right now from a depth chart perspective I will say one thing that we didn't mention on Maurice Blackwell. He is one of the better special teams players for the Longhorns. Yeah. So that that injury may actually hurt Texas as much in special teams as it does in regular defense. Uh, early only, because to Jerry's point and Ian's point, it's really good that he's only coming back. He'll be back in two to four weeks, which we think is looks like the Wyoming game, uh, possibly Baylor. All right. Uh, Ian, Jerry, we appreciate you guys. Uh, as always, thanks for sit, spending some time with me on Sunday morning here. Uh, again, uh, please get a subscription if you don't already have one. The Inside Texas is just $1 for one month for a trial subscription. Uh, or watch us or, and or watch us again tonight. Uh, we'll be on the live stream at 7 o'clock. Jerry, myself, and Rod uh, talking not only this, but predictions for the season, uh, taking your questions, and any late-breaking news for the Longhorns as well. For Jerry and Ian Boyd, of, of Inside Texas, I'm Bobby Burton, and thanks for watching.